Computer, play me a podcast. Parameters. Star Trek The Next Generation. Time period, early 21st century. Program loaded. Green Shirt, a newbie's trek through the next generation. With your hosts, Cameron. How does the holodeck work? Marcy. Guys, it looks like a dildo. And Rob. I think a lot of the things in the show, yeah, not bad. This week's episode, Booby Trap. When I went to Comic-Con with Cameron and Rob was there as well. We were all there. I was selling t-shirts. Yep. I found this booth that was kind of interesting. It was Star Trek Week Northwest. And they didn't have a lot of stuff at the booth, but they did have a list of things that you could do. And I perused the list and saw that there was a Star Trek burlesque show on Saturday night. So I was like, yeah, well, I'll try to attend some more Star Trek related things. (laughs) And so I invited a friend of mine to go. She's a Star Trek fan. And she's like, yeah, I'll go there with you. So we show up and um, they only had like one bartender and a bunch of people started showing up. So I regret I only got one drink and then there's no way I was getting in the line again because it was like all the way to the back of the bar and around again, basically. A bunch of tribbles sticking out of that bar. And I went for Star Trek and my friend, I realized later, basically went for the burlesque <laughs> show. Yeah, it was fun. It was like I liked the shows. I liked the music they picked, but. Was there an Uhura fan dance performer? No. Ah! Was there a Borg? So there was a woman that, the first part of it was pretty cool because they did, you know, the, <laughs> so the. Now we got to pay the royal. <laughs> so the, the first act was basically a woman going up there and doing just that part of the song. Nice. <laughs> but she had the dress, this like flowy 1960s dress on. So it was pretty cool. But there wasn't a single TNG act it was all the original series which i guess it makes sense for burlesque the crazy costumes and stuff from the 60s um they did also have a barbarella which was like well that's not really star trek (laughs) but okay so i'm watching this but i'm also watching people coming in to the bar and i was like oh that person's from comic-con that's a like really awesome borg sexy borg mix i was like can't wait to go talk to that person oh here comes a classic uh tng outfit oh look there's a bajoran earring like i immediately i he all he was wearing was the bajoran earring and i was like there it is and so my friend's like totally into the burlesque show. She's like digging it. And, and she's like, okay, are you ready to go? I'm like, hold up. Like, you're going to have to take my picture with all these Star Trek costumes. She's like, what are you talking about? Like, she didn't notice a single person walk in. And my eyes were like hawks on all these people. So I made her take pictures with me and these people. And so later she's like, I thought I was a Star Trek fan, <laughs> but I realized when we went there tonight that I'm really not. <laughs> Even though she's like bought and paid for somebody to make paintings of like Picard and stuff in her house. <laughs> she just, what, like, cause I was more into <laughs> the Comic-Con people showing up with their amazing costumes and. Uh, she was into those booby traps on stage. Yeah, yeah, she was. Oh, I get it. <laughs> nice segue there, <laughs> yes. Cameron. Well, hello, podcasties, and welcome to Green Shirts. Podcasties. Uh, I am, to the best of my knowledge, still Cameron, who never flirted with the next generation while growing up. <laughs> but here with me, my love gurus, to help me back on the saddle, we have the Vince Vaughn to my John Favreau, Rob. Hey, babies. <laughs> and they're just little babies. The Steve Harrington to my Dustin, Marcy. Stranger Things. Oh, hello. Stranger <laughs> Things, Steve Harrington. He's got the cool hair. Yeah, with the baseball bat and the cool hair. Oh, okay. He helps Dustin out. All right. That's why he tries to. Yeah. I was thinking you were going for the romantic angle, so I was no, like... No, no, the, uh, the wingman. wingman. Oh. The love guru. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Keep was... up, Marcy. You just started. <laughs> sorry, I'm already, I'm already checking out. <laughs> <laughs> Someone just walked in with a really amazing Andorran costume. So. Oh. Well, this week we did watch Booby Trap. And for all our bird watching listeners out there, I am so sorry there were no blue footed boobies to be seen the whole episode. None. Gosh. What about the tit hatch? Wait, what's the other word? There's another <laughs> tit mouth. There's another bird that's got tit in it. <laughs> nipple, nipple, titty, boob. 
bird. <laughs> titmouse. A titmouse. What yes. were they thinking, Cameron? I know. <laughs> well, who wants to talk about the beach scene? Well, Who's hold on. First of all, oh, I'll I'm tell so you about who he's on the beach with. <laughs> My IMDb Christy? minute. Christy. Christy. She's actress Julie Warner. She's been in 51 things. Good. Uh, started out in some 21 Jump Street early on. Little Herman's Head, which I <laughs> is a show I always remember, but uh, nobody for no good reason. I, I, I never watched it, but every time I hear about it, I'm like, that sounds like something I should watch. Doc Hollywood as Lou, Flatliners mm. as oh. Joe's woman. Oh, <laughs> and a little Scrubs. She worked with Dr. Kelso. Hey, and Scrubs, and that's uh, that's that's, <laughs> that's Julie Christy. Warner. Thanks, Christy Henshaw. Yeah, so Jordy's on a date. <laughs> I mean, is he? Because. <laughs> Well, he thinks he is. He thinks he is. Do they have to shoot day for night on the holodeck? Why do they have to, like, can't they just... Uh, uh, I'm pretty sure that was a studio. Yeah. Well. Yeah, so we we open up to Jordy sitting next to this lovely young woman on a beach, and for some reason, even though he's in the holodeck, he's still wearing the same colors as his engineer outfit. At first, I was like, he's still in his outfit? Oh, no. He's, his he's, pants, he's got, like, Tom Sawyer pants. Yeah, yeah he's got Tom Sawyer pants, but it's, <laughs> it's still that ugly, like, yellow-orange color uh-huh. that he wears every day. <laughs> and uh, Christy is looking already, like, uncomfortable. Like, she wants to get out of there. My question is, why did she even agree to this? She's looking like I felt this entire episode. (laughs) (laughs) So that was my thought. I was like, come on, Christy, read the room. Obviously, this is like not just a friendly get together. But then I I thought, because what makes more sense, I think Jordy tricked her. Yes, I think he was like, hey, Christy, the engineering gang's getting together the holodeck. We're going to play some Star Ferris of Catan. It's going to be fun. Why don't you come down? She shows up. Oh, sorry, Christy, they, they all bailed on us. Luckily, I got this hollow beach, huh? Some Coco No-Nos, you and me. Hey, did somebody say Coco No-Nos? <laughs> I did say Coco No-No. You ready for a quiz? <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to disrupt this podcast. <laughs> I brought fruit cocktails. Oh. oh I figured we might need these to get through this episode. <laughs> yeah. I like that Rob's quizzes are always alcohol-related. <laughs> Just when inspiration strikes. Yeah. Uh, so what we're going to do. <laughs> wow. I have four cocktails here. That's couple different cups in case you don't want to okay. mix. You can use as many cups as you like. Are we guessing the cocktails? So what you're going to do, <laughs> you're going to smell the... I'm going to pour you a little cup. You're going to smell the cocktail. You're going to try to figure out which... They're all fruit-based. I'm going to count down to th- from three, and you'll both say what fruit you think it is. Okay. Oh. Uh, that'll be one point if you get the fruit correct. Then I want you to come up with a pun name <laughs> for the drink. <laughs> Pun the the pun name uh, using the the name of the fruit preferably, uh, the person with the pun name I like the best gets a point, and if you actually get close to the name of the drink that I based it on, then you'll get a, a bonus point. So here, have a sniff of this first drink, and then I'll count down when you're ready. I'll count down from three, and you'll tell me what what fruit you think it's based on. I'm ready, I guess. Three, two, one. Banana. Pear. It is pear. Shit. I'll tell you right now. I did not. I made these very poorly. Uh, because I did not want to spend a million dollars on the fancy. <laughs> so who has a Should pun I drink? name? Sorry, are you saying I should oh, not yeah, drink a, this? Have a no, it's good. Okay, I mean it's pear vodka and mm. some so close some soda. Okay. Oh, can I come up with a name too? Even though I lost. Oh no, you both have to. Okay. You both. Oh, I have to. Have I want to Cam to go first because I don't really know what a pun is. So. <laughs> well, so meanwhile I'm a dad, so I know all about it. Think them. of words that rhyme with pear and be right. Or... I figured that that was what it was. Um, but... All right. So I would call my drink a grin and parrot. Perfect. Good. That's very good. <laughs> grin and parrot. Uh, I don't know what to do. Yogi pear. Yogi Pear. Hey, that's pretty good, too. Cameron, Cameron wins that one for coming up with both. Because he got both of them. Uh, that's actually, the drink is actually called the Pear Necessities. Mm. Pear hey, I had the right uh, rhyme word. That's right. Um, so that's that's good. One for each of you. Here's your second drink. Oh. I know what this is. Shit. <sighs> I keep thinking okay. he's drinking it because he sticks his whole you can, nose. You can taste it. You can smell it and taste it. You can taste it, too. Oh, uh, What? Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead and have it. I know what it is without I'm... tasting oh, it. Oh, nice. Okay. All right. Ready? Three, two, one. Cherry. Kool-Aid. <laughs> it's cherry. That's oh. one. <laughs> That's one for Marcy. Point for you. Write down your point. Cherry. Now, this is a hard one. To, a little bit. Some of these are hard to pun. Um, cherry Bow Fairy. Cherry nice. Seinfeld. Yeah, that's the winner. Sorry, Marcy. Cameron's better at pun names, and you're better at smelling alcohol. <laughs> Not surprised there. 
This is going to be a hard one to pun. I'm up for the challenge. Cherry Seinfeld. I get it. Cherry Seinfeld. Have a taste. Cameron's making those Irish faces from the... Uh, <laughs> from the Brigloidy. Yep, the Brigloidy. All right, ready? Sure. Three, two, one. Banana. banana. That's correct. Both of you get a point. Nice. All right, banana is another hard one to make a pun name. Banana, banana. <laughs> no, stop. Wait, wait, wait. Banana, 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 Batman. Okay, all right, nice. She oh, is so much. I'm not going to do the pun thing. You can win all the puns. Oh, Cameron gets another point. Cameron's final. winning. Fourth and final. God, I should not have drank it. <laughs> Was it bad? Ready? Three, two, one. Peach? Apricot? Peach it is. <laughs> good guess, though. Peach is a good easy one to pun. I think even Marcy can pun a peach. Peach on the beach. All right. <laughs> nice. All right. Good one. Cam's going to still win. Peach and Chong. <laughs> nice one. <laughs> I think, sure. I go point. Marcy won for the name. Or Marcy, Marcy gets one point for identifying it, and Cameron gets one. What does that mean? What are we at? That's the he last wins. I got what? five. Wow. How did Cameron win? Did not expect that at all. <laughs> that was the, um, that is life's a peach. Hey, nice work, guys. Good work, Marcy. <laughs> Yeah, I know. All right, my, now we're all looking it up fruits. for the rest of this episode. Good. Yeah, good. if you guys want any more of these, I'll pour them throughout the evening. Yeah, I got five drinks in front of me now. Yep. Don't count, guys, <laughs> how many drinks he gave us. So, but my favorite part of this scene, and possibly the episode, what? Is the weird little goblin fiddler that Jordy conjures <laughs> out of thin air. Yeah. He's like, this will make it better. I wrote, back off, pirate, because, like, it would be one thing if he was just standing in the back playing some classical music. He is up in their grill. No like this is not helping things. Now why a pirate? Like why wouldn't it be like I, I mean they're on an island. <laughs> it's it was it's a strange not romantic. Well then you later find out that Jordy spent days creating this. <laughs> like this wasn't like computer, give me a romantic beach. And he made it so that a snap of the fingers would summon the, pi- <laughs> yeah. the pirate. Like, so like well imagine that some other program he's inside of and he happens to snap his fingers and it Every time he does that, a pirate violinist will show up. It's just programmed in there. <laughs> the code infiltrates everything. Yeah. And he's... then the song the guy is playing isn't even like a romantic song. <laughs> so it's Johan Brahms' Hungarian dance. So it's basically like you're going to squat down and start doing some Russian dancing. Think... That, the song is Brahms. Maybe it's uh, a foreshadow to Leah Brahms. That. That's right. Mm, uh, the, interesting. The love interest later. <laughs> so we still can't step away from this because... Okay. He goes in for the most awkward, <laughs> like, hug move. It's like the classic teenage, I'm going to try to touch this girl, but not touch her. Right. And she's theater. like, ha! <laughs> Don't touch me. Um, Computer in program! <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like, she immediately shuts him down. Yeah. But it, it isn't like she's okay with the drinks and the violinist and the beach and the taking off of the shoes. She's being polite. I guess. Yeah. But the moment like the physical contact starts to happen, she's like, nope. I mean, I think it's good that she nipped it in the mud oh, sure. like right away. Right. I mean, yeah. She, well, she didn't want to get her pants halfway down before being like, by the way, we're just friends. She was in no hurry to like, she knew it was coming, but she was like, oh, I don't know, this is going to be awkward. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think Cam's exactly right, though, that it was like, I, in my mind, I was also thinking, oh, he probably just was like, hey, want to hang out? Because, you know, sometimes yeah. they just hang out in the holodeck with their friends. And, and she's she thought, like, it's just going to be a friend's hangout. It's going to be like another Sherlock Holmes adventure, <laughs> right? Where I hear you're good at those, Jordy. And then she was like, oh, no. <laughs> did you want to, before we get too far past Coco No-No, did you want to play that, that song? Yeah, I can. <laughs> but there is also, Cameron was looking into Coco No-No. If you Google Coco No-No, you find out that it's a drink just from Star Trek, although people have made recipes for it. Yes. That's how deep. I thought about bringing them for us all to enjoy in yeah. hollowed out coconuts. <laughs> and then I found this video. Oh, this song's great. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a Mexican Mark McGrath, I feel like. Uh, yeah. Is he, he, or just so you can picture it, he's in like, yeah, yeah. 
uh, in a cheap devil's outfit, and it's just a bunch of people doing like this weird like hand on the head move. Yeah, it's it's good stuff. Coco no no. Coco no no. It's the new theme song for our podcast. Coco no no. Jordy, he survived the neutral zone. He's even survived Riva Loggins's danger zone. But and... will he survive the friend zone? <laughs> friend zone so we did uh, have a community question kind of based around this around strange dates you may have had or, or perhaps being friend zone we're getting all of our bits out right here at the beginning I know. our quiz <laughs> our people did not really they responded to the post but they did not answer the question no, they shame didn't. on you one guy did he you know did, what he unsubscribe <laughs> one said that he had told a blind date to follow him on his motorcycle and then got a speeding ticket as he was trying to lose her so that, I think that's on you, buddy. Yeah. That, that one's all you. Yeah. That was the one person who actually answered the question. The rest were, as long as it's not a bad date, mm. okay, <clears throat> have not been on a strange date, but was on a bad date. That was actually a great date looking back on it. Well, okay. that's not helpful. Well, thank you. Is there a story behind that, sir? And then my favorite, I've been on many dates, some of them strange, but all of them were merely computer-generated imagery. Star Trek is really good at predicting future. <laughs> okay. well, I don't know what that means. What Maybe does that mean? You. Maybe they're just like responding to the episode where they yeah. have only had virtual dates with people on like War- World of Warcraft or something. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I have a uh, one bad date story and that was i took a date to oaks park and we took a ride on the ferris wheel i thought well maybe it'll stop at the top and we'll get maybe i'll give it a little smooch instead i got really motion sick and i spent the whole time like she's talking to me and i'm trying not to you know like holding back vomit and trying to pretend like i'm not (laughs) feeling ill and uh yeah so the whole time i'm like why does a ghost and like she's not i don't i don't know if she noticed or not but i really wanted to throw up and then later it turns out she's a republican and i wasn't into it so whew Ooh, dodge that bullet. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, Marcy, any strange dates? Um, like, I'm pretty much a loser, mm-hmm. so I... Yes, No, like, I didn't really go on any dates in high school, except, like, one in senior year, because some guy finally asked me out, and I didn't really like him, but I decided to say yes anyway, just mm-hmm. to, like... <laughs> have an experience and afterwards you i was Christied like him i did i did <laughs> and i was like yeah i just don't want to lead this guy on and so then i was like sorry i just want to be friends so i friend zoned him oh, there you go so i kind of thought i'm kind of in the same boat as you i grew up in a small town where you don't really date and then i married my high school sweetheart so i didn't really think i'd have an answer to this but then i remembered like this one instance that might make a very good story so in high school, I had an ex-girlfriend, like, like you do. Mm-hmm. For the sake of the story, let's call her Pulaski. <laughs> so Pulaski was talking to me, and we were still kind of friends off and on uh, for the rest of high school after we broke up for like the fourth or whatever the last time was. One of those deals. And one day she was telling me that there's this girl in our school. She's very cute, very nice and bubbly. And we'll call her Crusher. So oh. Pulaski told me that Crusher was crushing on me, and I was on cloud nine. I was super excited about this. And I began to, uh, uncharacteristically for me, aggressively pursue this relationship. Oh. And for me, that means like I actually wrote her a note asking if she wanted to hang out. <laughs> I don't even think I used the word date. That's aggressive for me. <laughs> and it kind of takes a while to like work this out, but eventually she agrees, and we, we go and to hang out, and she brings her friend with her. The oh, whole no. time. And she's hanging out. And we're all kind of hanging out just very awkwardly. And, and so that, that was just a very strange and awkward date. I don't remember really many details except that, like, I think there's a lot of staring at each other, the three of us. <laughs> uh, but after, like, a week or two of kind of uh, her evading me, I, I finally got the message, as confused as I was about it, and let things go. Cut to two years later, I am now dating my current wife. Uh, We'll call her Millie because that's her name. (laughs) And uh, Millie cracks this cold case wide open during one conversation with her. Turns out that Pulaski was not only pulling my chain, as they say, when she said that uh, Crusher was crushing on me. In the meantime, she was also talking to Crusher, telling Crusher about how bad of a boyfriend I was and that I used to hit her and stuff. <gasps> oh! Which is not true, by the way. Yeah. That's and so no ter- wonder she didn't want to be alone with me. That's terrible. Right? Like, who does that? Sociopath. Ex-girlfriends. That's mm. crazy. And Pulaski. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Um, All right, so that's the episode. That's a note, because right, now we yeah. got chess and genocide coming up next. Yeah, let's play chess in front of the debris. <laughs> in front of the- <laughs> it was a cool shot. It was a very cool it shot. shot. Yeah, this asteroid field like totally reminded me of Wing Commander, ah. having to fly through the, the yeah. asteroid field. I thought you meant the movie. The cool music. Freddie Prince Jr. and Lillard. Doesn't exist. Video game. Those fucking asteroid fields, because you would have like just finished a mission like... Barely scraping through, killing all those Kilrathi, and then you have got like one asteroid field on the way and back to the base. You. Oh, Jesus Christ! One, one little <laughs> glancing blow, and you're gone. You got to redo the whole mission. This fucking maniac starts making fun of you back at the ship, and you're Matthew Lillard. And Mar- Marcy knows what I'm talking yes. about. <laughs> yes, I do. And Rob just keeps making Matthew Lillard and Freddie Prince Jr. Freddie Prince Jr. <laughs> And then Jordy walks in. <laughs> Is that the sad Charlie Brown? This is the sad Charlie Brown song from Arrested Development. Although I like that he like immediately goes up to another girl at the bar. He's already on the rebound. But he's just kind of like staring at. He's like kind of just like staring <laughs> off into the distance. Aww. Yeah. Yeah. He's little Charlie Brown comes in. Uh oh. <laughs> I beg your pardon, Wesley. Jordy had that big date with Christy tonight. He spent days putting together the perfect program. Looked like it ended kind of early. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> now I get it, though. Suddenly with that line. So he's been working on this for days. Everybody on the ship knows about the date. <laughs> That's true. Christy learned from her girlfriends that this was happening, oh. and she's like, uh, he's taking this way more seriously than I am. <laughs> That's but she had true. to go because he's her, like, he's one of the top officers. Yeah, he's probably her boss. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that, like, Wesley's kind of throwing some shade at Jordy here. He's, like, getting in on the scuttlebutt with Data. Yeah. Uh, and this also finally illuminates why Jordy was not into giving Wesley dating advice back last season. Because he had no advice to give. Yeah. <laughs> it's rough. I do like that Wesley, well, I mean, Wesley's playing chess with Data, which is, just seems kind of... Uh, masochistic but i do like it felt like he was using the asteroid field to distract data and he was going to like move the pieces around i kept hoping he'd do that i think data has a difficulty setting like you can just change it down to like, <laughs> maybe you can just there's a dial on can, his back can you turn it to the packlid setting data just, yeah. yeah i might i might have a chance mm-hmm. then. just like intermediate you know whatever yeah i do like how excited wesley was to like get the one pawn and then like data grabs like three of his pieces so the asteroid field they imply pretty heavily that it's like the destroyed planet, right? I think so. Yeah. But they also say like this was the site of the last battle when these two races uh, exterminated each other. But at the same time, they then had enough time to plant booby traps amongst the asteroid pieces and then fall into them. I'm very confused on the timeline. Sure. Well, perhaps the planet was destroyed and that left both forces just in their battleships fighting in space. Right. Maybe. In Maybe the wreckage. Really and then they. Amongst the wreckage. And, yeah. That, oh, I mean, that makes sense. I guess I wasn't thinking of the battles like this long, maybe even years lasting thing, like before and after the planet was destroyed. It was, yeah, it was a real like Star War, you know? Yeah, oh, they were, they were hosting a Star War here. Maybe they destroyed their moon. That's no moon, Rob. That's no moon. That's no moon. Well, it's the remains of Aurelius Nine, right? Yes. That's and it. they find this Promelian battlecruiser. This ship is a thousand years old. So Picard's got another ancient, what, was that, what did I call it? Ancient civilization hard-on. I just yep. want to call it an ancient hard-on. Because <laughs> yeah, it's just like, this feels really similar to the previous episode kind of when he's like really breathy like there's mm-hmm. a scene where he's like touching his lips while he's talking about <laughs> oh, that was the, with uh the mintakin right yeah. but he does it again in this episode there's oh. a scene when he's talking about the thousand years he's like touching his lip and his like voice gets really breathy the idea of the passage of time just does something for this guy <laughs> mm-hmm. the passage of time and how like when he later talks about how humans were like shooting bows and arrows mm-hmm. when this these races were fighting, he likes the idea of races going from primitive to right, flying yeah. in the stars. Sure. <laughs> yeah, who doesn't? <laughs> yeah. But I do love, so they bring Data up, and apparently the extra who was in Data's chair was just not good enough for this task that Picard needed Data for because he gets right on the hell out and Data sits down and pushes one button to tell Picard what he needed to know. And I was like, what? The guy who was sitting there couldn't have done that? The guy sitting there didn't get paid to say that. 
Survivors on Orlius 9 after all this time? Not possible. Well, hardly possible, number one. Picard has been learning stuff throughout the show. I do, like, the show isn't super continuity-focused, but I do feel like, especially in season three, they've started to learn things from the things they've seen. Like, they have encountered impossible or improbable things enough times... Picard should totally just assume everything is a god being. He's like, oh, the ship probably fake, probably created by a god being. Let's, let's get out of here. Every episode is like, is, is this Q? Do we need to pull out the the Q manual? What what to do when there's a Q? Yeah, Picard wants to yeah. exercise his prerogative, his captain's prerogative. Yes, he is going to go visit that ship if uh, it's the last thing he does, and Riker thinks it might be. Number one, have you have you never dreamed of climbing inside the bottle? Sir. Weird <laughs> comment. Well, I just love Riker's expression there and his, yeah. sir, because he thinks his captain is losing it right then. He mm-hmm. is like, what the hell is going on? Am I going to have to get Crusher up here to relieve him of duty? This is, he is sundowning to the max now. Riker thought it was very, un, like, very irresponsible at first. <laughs> also, like, <laughs> Picard, what does that have to do with anything? Like, I get it. Like, you want to go check out this ancient ship, but, like, Who's going to understand a ship in the bottle reference like randomly? And then later, (laughs) later it's even, there's not even any context to it when he mentions it in the transporter. And he's like, why doesn't anybody understand it? In the bottle. (laughs) Well, I do. I love the idea of spaceships in bottles. Like that's a fun idea that this episode kind of introduces. And this is what I wish Star Trek would do more often, which is like pull contemporary references, but adapt it for the future. Like, it seems like all the time they're either like, well, it's Dex Dixon exactly as it is, or it's 1950s jazz, or it's classical music, but it's never updated for the future. And so this is fun. We're like, we can still relate, but it's it's got a, a Star Trek twist to it. You know what jazz in the future is? <laughs> What's that? Max Rebo band. You know what the Max Rebo band performs? What do they perform? That music is called jizz. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. Look it up on the internet. Do I know that? You do know that. Yeah, you heard it now. <laughs> that space music in the space jazz is called jizz. <laughs> Thank you, George Lucas. Ship in the bottle. Oh, good Lord. Didn't anybody here build ships in bottles when they were boys? I did not play with toys. <laughs> so I guess... Oh, sorry. I was never a boy. <laughs> That's good. I did, sir. Thank you, Mr. O'Brien. <laughs> So I guess there's a blooper where Worf says, I did not play with boys instead of toys. <laughs> Good one, Worf. But this is going to be my next question then. Do you have any childhood memories that you thought people would relate with, but they just didn't? Any shows or toys or activities you did that everyone just looks at you weird when you talk about? Hmm. I, didn't, I, I mean, question. I feel like I must have. The only ones I could really think of... There's this movie called Andy and the Airwave Rangers that I loved. And this wasn't a case of like years later finding out no one else loved it. But in high school, like it became a joke where like I would have sleepovers and people would be like, don't play that movie again, Cam. It's not good. (laughs) And I was like, no, it's really fun. It's like this weird movie where this uh, kid gets sucked into an evil videotape and he goes between like different actual Roger Corman films and they like edited him into the film. Hmm. Which I thought was kind of fun at the time. Yeah. Another one, though, was like there's the Super Nintendo game called Aerobiz where you get to play an airline CEO and, <laughs> and buy airplanes and make, wow. make flight plans. And I loved it. And this was one where like years later I was telling someone about it and then I just saw like their eyes glaze over. And then I heard what I was saying. And I was like, no, that does sound really boring. <laughs> but I spent a lot of hours <laughs> enjoying myself. Being an airline tycoon. That's right. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I guess because I was a nerd <laughs> girl, um, like I read a lot of stuff that no one else was like reading because my brothers read them, like mm-hmm. Forgotten Realms books and Dragonlance books. And there's no way I could even talk about that <laughs> in like high school. Um, yeah, I, I think as a big, I was a book nerd. Mm-hmm. So I was, I would read constantly all the time. I got caught reading in class. They'd take my books away from me. You would have to put a Playboy on the outside. To <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Them. Like I remember reading the like twelve hundred page Stephen King in hmm. like health class, hmm. and she's like, "I'm gonna give you detention if you don't put your book away." Because I would be like reading it under the desk because wow. it's boring. Yeah. Like I got A's in school, so I like never paid Stephen attention. Stephen King will teach you everything you need to know about health. <laughs> but I do remember I I was always getting in trouble for reading. 
Wow. Do you remember this one time on a podcast where I talked about Herman's head and nobody knew what I was, <laughs> nobody knew what I was talking about? Yeah. Well, Picard knows what we're talking about. And O'Brien knows what he's talking about. <laughs> O'Brien played with bottles. Does he, though? Yeah, also, yeah. like No, he was very sincere. I did think O'Brien was going to say, like, no, not really. <laughs> but instead he does say, no, really, I did. Oh, it was well, his, grand fun. His facial expression, though, because, like, when Riker turns to him, it's like, you brown noser. He's like, no, really. And then, like, the tone was almost like he's just fucking with Riker, even in, with that line. But You can never tell with O'Brien. You and can. That's why he's my fave. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh-oh, a power surge happens, like, immediately. Yeah, immediately. Uh-oh, the ship's fucked. <laughs> Let's turn everything over to the computer. Could yeah. it be a booby trap happening? Oh, no. So what is with this ship that they uh, fly over to, fly over, transport over to? Because obviously it had gotten caught in the booby trap a thousand years ago. It still has life support, though. It still has gravity functioning. It's I... not full of radiation, even though it should be, I would think. Just Why is it filled with dust? Wouldn't that have settled in I don't know a thousand years? I didn't notice a lot. Of, I didn't notice a lot of. Dust. Oh, and they walk in. It's, well, and it's to get so they could have the cool flashlight beams when oh, they first sure. go in. But oh. that's why they had it in the show. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, why would a starship have dust anyway? Because it'd be like robots well, be all the, and stuff. It'll be all the flesh rotting off those gross. people. They're breathing in old, <laughs> old uh, promelians. What are they? Yeah. I thought you would really dig this scene because of all oh, the desiccated I, bodies. Oh, so, no. When I first saw him, I was like, what is happening to me? He totally looked like uh, Last Crusade guy. Cameron loves rotting. desiccated bodies. Yes. I, I was like, that's a cool looking alien corpse. I'm into it. <laughs> I was like, Camel's going to like this scene. Mm-hmm. I liked it. I mean, I liked the music was good in it. And I like the music in this episode. Yeah, and it was creepy, but not like so creepy that you were like, why are they being so nonchalant about it? Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, and I love I love Picard's like boners with history, and it's it's fun to see him. I I mean, I I do wonder why they only went to the bridge. Like, did they not want to check out anything else? Probably but, just because they didn't want to pay for extra sets. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. <laughs> but I like that he kind of relates to the captain that's uh albert hall he is in 79 projects and in this he's playing uh gaelic sar gaelic pretty awesome name he was in like a black exploitation movie called willie dynamite back in 74 a little sanford son apocalypse now chief phillips Mm. miami vice a little yeah that's it (laughs) a bunch (laughs) of stuff that's albert hall uh, and this is where Picard talks about, you know, where they were technologically compared to humans. A crude analog of our own isolinear optical chip. Crude by our standards today, Data. But when this ship was built, humans on Earth were just perfecting the mechanical clock, still using steel crossbows in battle. I don't know. I just like those scenes where he's sort of explaining to the crew why they shouldn't be so pretentious about everything. Like... But you being know, pretentious while he Yeah, it. but like he's basically saying, okay, so this isn't great now, but we were once guys with bows and arrows, so. Right. But at the same time, he's comparing apples and oranges, probably. I mean, like this species, their planet probably formed before Earth. It's not like, it's, it's not an equal race between the two. Yeah, but I mean, he's just saying that. At this time, this race was like this. So just your assumptions really mean nothing or your judgment of their tech. Because if he was to compare the tech from the equivalent time, we have at some point had tech that probably looked really similar to this. Like ships that were old and didn't look as awesome as the Enterprise. He's just kind of like making a really broad comparison to illustrate it. I'm realizing right now that this is when I first started to check out... (laughs) My podcast or the uh, probably both. Uh, the yeah, when he started talking about crossbows, I I sort of drifted off in the middle of his speech. Even though it's Picard, and I should really be riveted. <laughs> and then by the end, he's like, "You're using crossbows," and I'm like, "Which race is using crossbows?" I don't know. <laughs> I'm starting to lose track of this episode. So like, this isn't where I started to lose it because it's, it's still got Picard in it. It's still yeah. interesting. We've They're got... on the ship with the desiccated corpses. Yeah, I'm like invested I'm invested. In that, yeah. Sure. I'm interested in what's going to happen with the Jordy and his love life. Like Just... I'm always interested when they get into like character stuff. 
This was a short dip for me. I just realized just now that sure. I'm like, okay. I don't know what he was talking about. Like, I heard him say that about crossbows, but I, I kind of like wasn't paying attention to who he was referring to. Also, I, I, I think I we got of... into it way too much. <laughs> 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 it's, it's more the... about us talking about it right. than the line itself. Mom and dad fight when they drink. <laughs> and then they do have this weird line. Picard has this weird line where he says, well, at at O'Brien's leisure, he can beam us over. Right. All right. Well, he was about to go take a nap. I hope you guys are comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> like, is it a guessing game? Now? I think he's just being cheeky. Yeah, it's like, yeah, right. let him. You know, he's in a good mood. He's 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 like, being a little cheeky with that. If O'Brien wants to work, that lazy. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine, like, if it was anybody other than O'Brien at the the transporter, they'd be like. Well, when do I do it? How do I do it? Am I going to get in trouble with Picard? Like, but you know, Brian's just like, eh, he doesn't care. I'm just going to do it whenever I want. He teleports him halfway in. And he's back out. <laughs> back in. <laughs> he's fucking with him. I'll actually teleport you into a bottle. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Uh, meanwhile, during this scene, uh, Jordy is getting some love line advice from Dr. Jew herself. Guinan. Did you just say Dr. Jew? Yeah, that's what I heard. Dr. Drew oh. from Love Line. Because <laughs> I thought you were doing a play off Guinan, but I was like, what? <laughs> Dr. Grew. <laughs> Sorry. I'd like to do that. Well, I'd take care of myself these days. I mean, take care of somebody. And this is where I'm kind of like, well, Jordy, I mean, you've already got it wrong. Like, because I get that you want to be with somebody, but Guinan basically just says, like, women take care of themselves. It's more about, it's not about taking care of someone. It's about finding somebody who can help build you up and be a partner, not a, like, person that's reliant on you and you need to care for. I'm to be taken care of at all times. <laughs> <laughs> but there is a line that she has in here that's really mm. fun, which is, like, uh, he asks her what kind of men she's attracted to, and she's like, I, I she can't... She looks at their head. Yeah, she looks at their she head because, because she's for. attracted to bald men. Bald men. Because a bald man helped her out once. They took care of her. Took care of her. That's right. So, so she's got sexually. the hots for Picard. Whether he's, I mean, I mean, I'm assuming she's talking about like when Picard led her on the ship or something. No. Oh no! I mean, it could be anything from her millennia of being alive, right? I, yeah. I mean, it could be, but it is Picard. Oh, oh. so we find out more later. I'm excited. Right. I mean, it, in, it seemed in like a future, she was future episode. Interesting. That's a past past episode. Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then Picard comes back on board, and he is just glowing. He—I have not seen Picard this happy yet. This show, I don't think. Oh, he's so happy, and the staff is his staff is noticing. Yes. Taking note. And then it's time for synchronized seating. <laughs> All three of them sit down like unison. It's kind of cute. Oh. Yeah, I really enjoyed the look that Riker and Deanna give each other <laughs> right. because Deanna doesn't have. I think she maybe ha- doesn't even have a line in this, does she? Maybe she does. She does. In that she's scene, like, she does. Because he then gives her a look, and she's like, I've just uh, <clears throat> never seen you this way before, Captain. Yeah, and so that was really fun. I liked that Riker and Deanna always have these like cute yeah. little moments where they understand each other in a way that the other crew don't. Now, when are they going to get back to their relationship? Uh, like this, That it, was the big After the show subplot. is over in the movies. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> I mean, they have a lot of, like, sexy type of moments together. but There's got to be, like, more jealous rages from Riker coming up. Probably. I was just very confused that they used the tricorder. This is back on the ship. That, like, tricorder... Use the tricorder to get images of the tactical display. And then later, like, tricorder also, like, amplifies the the message from the captain. Mm -hmm. And I want... Now I really want to, like, figure out all the things that a tricorder can do. (laughs) It seems like... It can, it's like the Doctor Who's like right. sonic screwdriver. It just can do pretty much whatever you want. Yeah, I always thought it was like a medical device, but they use it for everything. They really do. You yeah, it's like a, a scanner. Yeah. With a name of tricorder, you'd think it would do three things. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> it scans people. It amplifies signals from old uh, tea light. The, the, the thing that they have the message on looks the like coil. a tea candle. Well, I think there's different types of tricorders so there's medical tricorders Mm. there's engineering tricorders so like 
they've downloaded a different OS on the different types of tricorders, <laughs> nice. and oh, okay. so they have different functions. I had meant to look this up, but I forgot. Yeah, so that was uh, like a nice little moment of levity before the shit hits the fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is the part of the episode where I have like one note for about 20 minutes of episode and it just says, lots of techno babble. Yeah, I have some here if you want to play it. This is the this week in sci-fi gobbledygook. Matter antimatter mixture ratio settings <laughs> and optimum balance. Reaction sequence corresponding to specified norms. Magnetic plasma transfer to warp field generators for programmed specs. Commander, we should be going like a bat out of hell. I I blinked out even during that. <laughs> My quiz should have been to have you guys come up with like your best techno babble. <laughs> that should have been it. Wow, he, that was a mouthful for sure. And, that, and that's like, it's 20 minutes of that. So this is kind of like my problem with the episode where it starts, I I understand there's a booby trap and that they're in danger. And I kind of, I, I get it. Like they can't move because these acetone assimilators are kind of like matching the energy. Whenever they output energy, these things match the energy to keep it in place and drain it of power. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, it's bombarding it with radiation. Which I'm kind of like, why even have the radiation? Just have the booby trap drain a ship of power and they're eventually going to die because they're in space. As soon as life support goes out, they're dead. Why not do the radiation? Might as well. (laughs) There's no reason not to. Because it's just another moving part of a trap. Like you want a trap to be as simple as possible and you want a plot to be as simple as possible. And I was just very confused about like what they were had to do to get out of this booby trap. Maybe the acetone... (laughs) <laughs> assimilators uh that's what they output when they absorb the energy they have to just no, they have to true. you know gas something like just it. a byproduct it's a byproduct it happens to be a you know, helpful I'll byproduct. Take it. all right i win yay alpha <laughs> well and also they do show that later they can use some smaller forms of energy without the trap being triggered right like it so seems if they that... had a shuttle they might be able to escape no, that's it's a true small form they of never energy. did think about that did they no huh. <laughs> But, or separate the saucer. Let's just do that again. Yeah. <laughs> Might as well try. Like a frisbee. If they like spun around and then like a frisbee, like a jet, like a, a discus. I don't really understand what's going on. And I don't understand what Jordy's doing down here. Yeah. It's so much techno babble that you completely check out. Like I fell asleep twice trying to watch this episode. Like I tried it once, fell asleep. I was like, gotta try it again, fell asleep. And then I just had to do my notes episode instead of actually watching it because that was the only way I could pay attention. The techno babble was boring, but I was more checked out by Jordy wanting to fuck the ship. <laughs> that was made me really embarrassed. It was, it was equally as boring. And yeah, so I didn't even yeah. realize what he was doing at first. Like when he goes to the computer... And he, he just suddenly he's looking for a name and he's given a name for some reason. I was like, oh, is this someone on the ship who can help him? But no, apparently he's going to go look for a book written by he's going to go look for the manual for the Enterprise. Basically, I guess is what he's doing. It's the in, like the engines that yeah. he's looking at to figure out because he needs to figure out how to fix. And yeah, it's exactly. About, Rob, Rob, Rob just did a big yes. yawn. Yep. <laughs> time. I think what they were trying to do is portray Jordy as actually being very competent yes. at his job. Mm-hmm. But you can do that without using all those... Well, at the very end, yes. And at the very end, we we discover that this is supposed to be like a boy in his car episode. Is right. kind of what it ends up. At the very end, they kind of tell you that. Where, oh, okay, this whole time he's been in love with the ship. The problem is they've never really established that. Like, right. he's not a Scotty. He's not a Kaylee. He's not in love with the ship. Uh, I mean, Picard is the one who's in love with ships the whole episode, and then, like, suddenly it's all shifted to Geordi at the end. I didn't, it wasn't a stretch for me to imagine the engineer loves his ship. I mean, but... I thought it was a bigger shift that he was, turns out to be a total uh, beta when it comes to females. <laughs> that was a bigger, a bigger shift. Picard was actually supposed to be the one that was going to be talking with Leah Brahms in the episode and they decided to make it Jordy. And that makes more sense about why he was talking about the ship in the about ships in the first half and then yeah. like completely drops it in the second. Oh. That's the problem. This is like a season one mistake where they're like, oh, we can change one part of a script and not worry about the rest of the script. No, a good script is all interwoven and laying on top of each other. You can't just change one thing and have it not affect anything else. Yeah, it's just weird because I mean, he's super creepy. Can we get the line where great another woman? Great. Another woman who won't get personal with me on the holodeck. Mm-hmm. I mean... And that's, yeah, because the computer wouldn't 
tell him like her personal diary basically yeah well so the interesting thing that i thought is the orville did mm. an episode that was basically this episode but did it way better it's called <laughs> lasting impressions okay where they're like ensign guy the redhead um ends up falling in love they find like an old iphone and they download <laughs> all the pictures and stuff from this woman's old iPhone in like a time capsule. And then he creates a holodeck program based on the, her all of her images and oh, okay. stuff and her text. That's basically what Jordy does. Yeah. Yep. And like falls in love with the holodeck version mm. of the woman from that phone. But it's way better than I, this episode. I would hope so. I, I got to imagine. <laughs> yeah, in the first uh, season, we made the joke about how Data was like the communal dildo vibrator for the ship. But that that was wrong. The computer is the communal whore of the ship. This no computer, because I, I guess I didn't really make the connection that it's the one main computer that operates everything in the ship and therefore operates the holodeck and basically is every character in the holodeck. Because, I mean, the, the computer can extrapolate from all the hard data, but then obviously it's improvising to fill in all the gaps. So we know from Voyager that the computers can become sentient because well, we, of the doctor. Sure, but we also know from Moriarty also. Well, yeah, but it's sort so it's sort of like anytime they're given a physical form, the computer starts to become more mm -hmm. sentient. This computer knows like everyone's secrets on this ship. Yeah, lots of in semen in that holodeck. <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, uh, it gets cleaned up. Right I also, like, like, I found it a little surprising that Jordy could just operate the engines from the holodeck. That, I mean, I guess it makes sense because, again, it's all one computer, but and I'm sure he has clearance where, like, an ensign couldn't go in there and be like, all right, let's make a warp drive and blow it up. Well, here's that's the other thing about this. Jordy just decides to not use any of the other engineers and yes. try to figure this out by himself. Yeah, because Picard is like, give my uh, compliments to your crew. What fucking yeah, crew? Yeah, yeah. What's the deal, Jordy? Where's the rest of your people? <laughs> so Why he... isn't Wesley working on it? Wesley's yeah. a fucking... Yes. He's always saving the day. He's, yeah. like, he's half traveler. I mean, so that was really interesting. Like, Jordy decides he's just going to figure this out on his own with a computer. Yeah, with a oh, talking textbook, basically. Yeah, basically. So I'm also confused about where... <laughs> What the holodeck created. I mean, I, I get that it's where the Enterprise was first built. And that was cool seeing the Enterprise and like mid build out the window. That was super cool. But before that, in the engineering room, he's like, I need to get inside the warp core. I need a, right. I need a cross section schematic of this. And then he goes into like basically another engineering room, like right. What, but that has the on up on the whiteboard is the thing he's looking is the thing he's looking for. He didn't want to just pull that up on the computer in the actual engineering room. Apparently, not as <laughs> not as in depth. Well, here's an here was another change is they actually oh. were going to make a warp core, but oh, it was yeah. too expensive. Sure, well, then so take they... it out of the script. <laughs> well, he still needs. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was neat, except for that, once again, now I'm noticing the backgrounds, Cameron. And why oh, is gosh. there planets on the walls when you see planets and yeah. stuff constantly? Space posters. It's like the exact same four pictures, too. Yeah. I swear we've seen that, like, Saturn it's over like, the moon yeah, shot yeah, many and times. Jupiter or whatever. <laughs> I thought it was so funny that he came in and he was so thrilled to be in this conference room. <laughs> like, oh, look, it's amazing. I mean, because he's a and nerd. And he's got, like, a... It's just like a whiteboard, and he's like, this is amazing! Yeah. Whoa, it's a picture of the warp core. I'm in love with this ship, I'm now realizing. <laughs> so then Dr. Brahms gets real. And I will say, do we, have we talked about her yet? Uh, no, who not yet. Who is she? Rob, tell us who Dr. I'll Brahms is. I'll tell you is. all about her. That's Susan Gibney. She's very pretty. She's in 53 <laughs> Things. She has nice She's hair. in, and you thought your parents were weird from 1991. Right. Does she Ooh. play a weird parent? Larry, probably. Larry Sanders show. Deep Space Nine, later on. Captain Erica Benteen. And Commander Erica Benteen. Um, Jag. Yes! <laughs> Yay! We should do a Jag Night high court. five. <laughs> Nash Bridges. That's, you know. Use. Susan Gibney. Nice work, Susan. Yeah. I mean, I thought she was pretty good because there was definitely a stark difference between, like, computer dr brahms and like when she actually starts when they infuse her with personality yeah when jordy's like i want to feel really in love with the computer let's figure yeah. out her personality profile and add her debate profile it is kind of creepy like you can just accidentally have the holodeck create a person behind you right she That's was good she was good. She was a good actress. Yeah. No, she played like just uh i am a computer model of my person mm -hmm. and like <gasps> Don't call me Dr. Brahms. Call me Leah. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> where I started to feel embarrassed for the episode. I mean, I thought I could see it was coming because the episodes because now that the opening that the intro scenes usually relate yes. to the rest of the episode in some way now, finally. I'm like, oh no, this is gonna be a scene a thing about Jordy falling in love with a fucking fake thing. So I feel like you said there's like twenty minutes of Jordy trying to figure out this uh, situation and then they keep going back to the observation lounge talking about how they've got 26 minutes if the mm-hmm. shields go 30 to 26 minutes if the shields go down to die from the radiation you never see anyone actually be scared you never see mm-hmm. like the crew like in, in the past we've seen shots of the crew like dealing with shit and and you don't have that and that's definitely missing in this episode because mm-hmm. you just don't really feel the urgency yeah like i will say like I love Picard in this episode. He has a lot of great moments. Mm-hmm. And I love his transition from like, yeah, I'm so happy I was on that ship to, oh, we're in trouble, but we always get out of the trouble. It's okay. To like, our fucking lives are in your hands, Jordy. We're probably going to die because I don't trust you that much, but he is You like- can see it on his face. He's like, I can't believe I have to rely on Jordy for this. <laughs> the last couple scenes, he is definitely like staring death in the face. Yeah. In like, a way that like he is not for the rest of the episode. And like Jordy knows he's like in trouble. Yeah. Like- I mean, that's the look. The look is, I don't want to say it, Jordy, but everything is riding on you. So don't <laughs> fuck this up. Yeah, there's like, so there's a scene where Picard calls down to the holodeck and he's like a kid, like kind of getting caught doing something he's not supposed to be doing, like masturbating or something in the holodeck. He's like, oh, uh, we are, I mean, I'm down here trying to figure things out, but I still need like an hour. Yeah. It's like, you can tell Picard's starting to get a little like, I know something's going on down there that's not yeah. normal. Well, I do love the scene where he's, Picard's like, yeah, we had to cut all power. And Jordy's like, I know, I actually had a holodeck program running. <laughs> and Picard's like, what were you doing on the holodeck? <laughs> Coco no no. <laughs> It's like a kid who plays like computer games yeah. and is like, "Mm, do you change the Wi-Fi password?" I feel like he's embarrassed because, like, I kept thinking, like, why is he embarrassed to be caught with this woman? Is it because he like is already crushing on her and he's like, "If I was a professional, I would just had, I wouldn't have added her personality. I would have just been talking to the computer." Uh, I guess. I, Maybe. It, I mean, like, I just I thought it was weird that he was embarrassed when Picard keeps. I think like he knows that it's okay for him to give her the personality. Like they work better and faster that way. I think that made sense. But still, because he has the emotions for her growing inside, that's why he gets embarrassed. Yeah, that's like, what I felt. Are, are you going to think that I have the emotions that I'm pretending I don't have, but I <laughs> actually do have? Like, I just love the scene where, like, she's rubbing his shoulders and, oh, yeah. like, not even a minute later, Picard walks in after she stops. I'm like, if he had walked in a minute before, <laughs> Jordy <laughs> LaForge. You're, because <laughs> you're also, like, like, exactly what Ross said. You're embarrassed for him. Yes. And you're like, the reason he feels that way is because he doesn't have anyone else in there with him. Right. Where right. are all the other engineering Where are the other teams? engineers in? Because they would he, just distract him. Yeah, because he doesn't want them in there because he's fallen in love with this hologram. But she makes great Italian food. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was so creepy. Like, she comes around and she starts massaging and it's like, I don't oh. want to feel good right now. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the line where I'm like, oh, oh. can't look at the screen Although right before now. that, when they're arguing, is weird, yeah, too. Yeah, I have that quote. Oh, goody. Because it's like, no, no, no. You listen to me. Bitch. You can't boost the world power that <laughs> way. Just increase the speed of the parallel subspace field processor to gain a quicker response time. I want to give us enough power to strengthen the shields and barrel out of here. Not what are you, retarded? I fucking hate you. The honeymoon is over. <laughs> Immediately. So before it yeah, even started. Yeah, exactly. They had their first fight. I mean, it's at so that point, cute. you think you've been like, okay, computer, go back to just textbook. <laughs> Oh, uh, did you guys count how many times they say the titular line booby trap <laughs> Picard does it early like 20 minutes in Picard says it then Riker says it second good like, job oh, using trap. the word titular correctly oh, or yeah. pronouncing it correctly titular I booby. cannot I say right? titular all the time I say the titular that. booby the titular booby so then they get to the point <laughs> I like it where <laughs> I'm ignoring the titular talk uh-huh. uh, then they get to the point it's where it's a titty trap <laughs> She says a lot of me is a lot of me is in this ship, and Jordy's like a lot of me wants to be in this ship too. All right, go ahead, Marcy. So like when Pic- you're touching it, think of me. Jordy shows up in the in the holodeck, and he almost catches Jordy getting a massage. Jordy's like, oh, <laughs> and then he's like, what? What's your deal? Give me 
the goods on what we need to do to get out of here. And he's like, well, it seems like we'll have to hand over all control to the computer. We don't really know why. It's really hard <laughs> well, to explain why we have to do that. The computer can do the has better adjustments more than faster than yeah, data can. We don't really know what adjustments it has to make, like power adjustments. Yeah, if they can, I think if they can just like change the which I don't know what I want to make this up. If they can change which coils are being fired, they can do it like in a random enough yeah. pattern that the assimilators can't keep. That's up. kind of what I something yeah. along those lines. Okay. Because all of a sudden. This episode becomes a man versus machine episode. Yeah. Like, oh, out yeah. of nowhere. Man versus machine <laughs> argument. Yeah. <laughs> In the last 10 minutes of the episode. I know. Which is better? Which, which John else? Henry or the locomotive? <laughs> yes. Or whatever. Or the d- digger machine. Obviously the computer is better. <laughs> exactly. No, it's not the case in this episode. <laughs> but people want to live, Marcy, so they're going to <laughs> the computer not make mistakes? The computer does not have intuition. <laughs> I, I just don't get it. Because right. oh, so, it's all about reaction time. Computers react faster right. than humans in yeah. all situations. So Jordy figures out a way that the humans won't have to make the thousand corrections a second. Right. And, I, and this is me kind of guessing about what they said. You can let me know if you interpret it the same way. Is that they're going to shut off all power. Mm-hmm. Even the computer won't be able to work. All they're going to have is like... Put the car in neutral. Yeah, they're gonna put, you know, one they one propeller, as Riker says. Downhill. On it's just truck. life support and two thrusters. Yeah, and if they do that, then the little machines won't be able to. Hopefully, they're hoping that they're not going to output enough energy for the machines to know that they're getting away. But that means you're going to have to manually fly through the asteroid field. So that's it's like either a man flies you through the asteroid field with only two thrusters, or the computer makes a whole bunch of calculations a second, right. and they're about even odds. So yeah. I guess with those even odds, I'd be like, okay, let's let's leave it in our hands. Let's let then. Picard fucking do it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the end result made me go, what? I just woke up from my nap. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, uh, I, started, I loved I, that scene. Yeah, I liked Picard flying. I mean, you could audibly hear Wesley's butthole unclench as he was like, oh thank God, I don't have to fly. <laughs> oh Jesus! And so I love that Picard takes the helm. I just didn't really understand what was at stake. All right. Okay, in these episodes, you know they're going to make it out. There's no doubt in your mind that the ship's going to make it out, that Picard's going to fly him out. So, like, the tension and the thrills come with, how is he going to do it? But I don't even know what he's doing, let alone know how he's doing it. So I'm just kind of, like, glazed over the whole time, you know? Because this is the only time in the episode where people actually look tense. And Crusher... Not this person. Crusher does this amazing, like, they cut to her. Mm-hmm. Like, she sold the whole moment for me. Because she, she's, like, actually breathing, like, really heavily. Like, like you can tell she's, like, super nervous about right. that moment. Like, everybody is in that scene. Right. And, like, when Picard takes over, like, Picard never takes the com- that, like, what sure. is it? Command chair? The, uh, the pilot seat. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Wesley's chair? Takes the anyway, helm. Helm. That's what it is. Yes. Yeah, so Picard only takes the helm three times in Next Generation. This is one of them. No. And he did one earlier in the season. That's right. So, um, yeah, I mean, this is a momentous moment that he's (laughs) taking over. I liked all the acting. I I mean, I liked the moment of him taking over. It's just like he didn't actually have to do anything to avoid the assimilators. They weren't sure that the assimilators wouldn't pick up on it, but like... Like, it, there was nothing they could do about it at that point. And it, the asteroids didn't really seem to pose much of a threat. Like, what he did was they were running out of thrust, and he figured out a way to get more thrust, which was in a cool maneuver. I, I like that. But, I don't know, just the whole time I was like, I don't really know what he's supposed to be doing or avoiding or... Yeah, he's uh, he is saving face after having fucking fired phasers at the things that absorb phaser energy and hastened their demise. And totally ignoring Jordy. I could have told you, Picard, that firing phasers at energy-sucking devices (laughs) will will power them. There's 100,000 devices. How do they even... There's 100,000 of those devices. I don't understand (laughs) the scope of that construction. Well, and I guess I thought, like, to go back to the man versus machine, like, Mm. like you said, it was, like, shoehorned in and how does Jordy suddenly get the answer? It's not like they're talking and like there's a clear way that he re- like we got all this techno babble babble and in the end it's just a, an epiphany that you come up with this new way of doing things. Yeah, very I don't suddenly. Know. After I, they ran all those simulations in that video that reminded me a lot of the Wing Commander movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I and then like so if his arc 
if it, if the boy in his car story is that like, well, he doesn't relate well with women, but at least he has the ship in his life. And then you put it next to the man versus machine story, which is men are better or humans are better than machines. Like they don't really, I don't understand how they, they're kind of, Connect. they rub against each other in a very like <laughs> well, chafing Jordan way. did have to give the computer human traits in order to fully like uh, work with her. Now that I'm thinking about it, now yeah. that I'm trying to come up with reasons, like he Please had do. the cold computer explaining things to him with Dr. Leah Brahms, uh, you know, he had to give her human personality in order to get anything, any shit done. Uh, well, he just had to see a pretty girl in front of him, really. And that's no, when, but they had to fight. That's when the twinkling be, music started. They had to have passion and fight. <laughs> and like the computer would not have fought with him. And he wouldn't have like uh, been inspired to come up with the correct answer. Although the computer did fight with him. Because it was the computer the whole time, Rob. Did you watch the episode? What computer? It wasn't her. It was <laughs> the computer. Well, that's the truth is like you have to have people that kind of disagree with you and throw different yeah. ideas off of you. I mean, yeah, I was like the bookends I felt were good. They had the Mm -hmm. makings of a good episode. Mm -hmm. Like I enjoyed that scene, Mm -hmm. you know, whether or not, I mean, the build up to it was bad. I liked it when Picard decides he wants to steer and then the closed captioning said a bosun's whistle blows and it's the sound (laughs) that goes... That's it. A bosun's whistle. I didn't know that. So I learned that. That's what I was paying attention to at the time. (laughs) Um, And yeah, the ship's in neutral. The the slingshot kind of spins the ship. I wish they kept spinning. Like after the slingshot goes around (laughs) that, uh, in that weird spin, it goes Uh around the asteroid. I was like, it just spun off into into space. Uh, And it seemed a little anticlimactic when after, like it was so quick to get out of that asteroid. I know, yeah. They just had to get very far. Oh, they were just 30 seconds away from freedom. All right, now blast this historic artifact. And then they blow up the ship, which is also a kind of... A, this season, I keep talking about the callbacks. or not intentional callbacks, but they blew up that last oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. ship in season two. The, 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 the plague ship. Yeah. Or like... Wouldn't it be cool if they made giant transporters that could like transport a whole Ooh, ship? That would be cool. Cargo transporters. Wait, why haven't they done that? <laughs> it's in, the science is impossible. That would be an amazing Star Trek. Don't be stupid. They can't do that. <laughs> It'll <laughs> blow up. <laughs> Like that would be like the best defense system. Just make an enormous transporter that could just like transport that ship halfway across right. the galaxy, or inside into the inside of a planet, or capture oh, capture a like Q, it. and then you could do the same thing. <laughs> that's true. It'll just snap his my fingers. pet Q. This is my pet Q. <laughs> oh, All right, that's, that's it, right? Uh, okay, come on. Let's uh, let's <laughs> let's think of something good for this so episode. Skip, what's what's skip what's, this episode? What, happened? what was funny? Skip both this episode of the show and this episode of the podcast. <laughs> like one of the better like rated episodes is it really yeah like sure i mean yeah i mean people like this episode guys i don't think you're right i'm i mean i i I feel like i don't like the episodes that people like somebody put it as one of the funnest episodes and i'm like what i don't know yeah i don't know did you see the coco no no (laughs) (laughs) come on guys oh let's rate this episode Okay. Uh, number of assimilators from one to a hundred thousand. <laughs> Acetone assimilators. Uh, I give 000. it forty thousand. <laughs> forty thousand assimilators out of one hundred thousand. I so think I'm gonna sure. give it a fifty thousand, just because I, I mean. I know that I fell asleep a couple of times, <laughs> but the Picard, Picard really always brings it up for me, like. Because he had some good stuff in this episode, and mm-hmm. like the end scene, I mean, it sold it for me. Like, yeah. but it didn't sell it enough to give it like more than. It's definitely an episode half. where it's like <laughs> it's not a sum of its parts. Like, because every yeah. scene is fine in and of itself. I think it's just they don't really work together like a well-oiled machine. It certainly was no Wing Commander the movie. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not as good. And then this is also sort of the beginning of Jordy, Jordy being a little bit of a creepy weirdo when it comes to women. I've, I've heard that he's going to be a creepy weirdo. I thought that might be this episode. I didn't think he was nope. too creepy. I mean, what do you guys think about him kissing a hologram of a real person? I mean, Riker's done it. Oh, not a real oh, person. Oh, shit. Yeah. But I mean, it's no it's no different than like kissing someone's picture. But in this person yearbook, is still right? alive and she comes back in a later episode. Oh, shit. Really? And wow. They finally bring someone <laughs> back from. Wait. Yeah. Because I was like, I think she comes back in this. And I looked it up and yeah, she's in. Like her or the hologram? Both. So uh, she oh, shows whoa. up. And... Oh, Jordy gets a threesome with her <laughs> and the hologram. Well, it's, it's like, I think this, it's. 
not the whole episode is about that, but like the real Brahms oh, arrives wow. on the ship and it's kind of awkward and weird. I imagine. <laughs> so uh, I've been dating old. your hologram for years. I Doctor. thought they had built this ship a long time ago. Uh, Enterprise. Oh, this is like the newest ship. The it newest was new ship. in the first yeah. episode. Yeah. I guess I hadn't thought of that. I thought they she designed a warp core. I guess I had thought she had designed a warp core that was used before the Enterprise. I don't know. It's don't just know. only, it's the new to the Enterprise, wow. basically. That's fun. That, yeah. I'm, I'm looking for it. Yeah, yeah, that'll be a fun episode. I think also it might be the creepy journey. Oh, episode. hopefully it doesn't. <laughs> no, I think that one's like a little bit later, even still. You get somebody's like, you don't look like your hologram. To I make- mean, I guess it's weird with him because he was obviously ashamed of what he was doing. <laughs> like, yeah, Riker would just walk and be like, Marilyn Monroe, naked now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, because he actually had real, somewhat real feelings for the hologram, that's what makes it strange because he's like, what is it? Technology does a lot of things for us. And he lists all these amazing things that technology does. But <laughs> oh, sometimes it. you have to turn it all off. And then he's like, then he makes out with her before he turns her <laughs> off. And I'm like, sometimes I don't know. you have to turn it off before you turn me on. Ooh. Yeah, exactly. Ooh. I don't know. It just seems creepy and weird. So cause... why would the computer kiss him? Because like, it's got her personality and it determined that that's what she would do. Okay. With within ninety eight nine ninety one percent accuracy. Ninety one percent Here's the thing that nine percent that's off is the, forgot that she was a lesbian. So <laughs> <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that was the thing. So is Jordy just like humping the warp core from now on? Like from now on, Doctor Brahms, I know you're in there somewhere. Every time he push now when he pushes buttons, he like strokes it in a weird way. Like, <laughs> All the engineers thought, know to like leave the warp core room between six and seven every night. It's and also to take cheap. a lot of wet wipes when you go but to <laughs> use right, the equipment. Right. Well, and this is also where it feels like the computer is sentient. Because she's like, well, I'm not really gone, Jordy. I'm with you all the time. Like, you contact me in the engineering and we'll be touching each other. I mean, basically, she says. I, I took that, that as like, when you look at how well designed the ship is, that's me. Right. Yeah, but it's still like basically saying like. I'm here when you need me, bro. But like, yeah, he can go turn around and do. Oh, I'm just going to check the inside of the warp core again, everybody. Except in emergency situations where you have to be like, hey, hey, my car. <laughs> I, I was running a holodeck program. <laughs> do you think you can give me access to my holodeck program? <laughs> I need was, it. Was it the beach again, Jordy? Were you on the beach? I need it! Jordy. <laughs> I met a girl there. You won't know her. She's from Canada. All right, but like everyone on the lower deck is going to suffocate if we divert power. How important is it, Jordy? Coco, no, no. I need it. <laughs> is, is this a, uh, an official engineering duty you're performing in there? Yes. Yes, it is. Well, then. All right. Computer, transfer energy. <laughs> Facebook.com slash green shirt. At green shirt 87. Green shirt on Instagram. At, at Green Shirt Podcast. And then you can always go to iTunes to rate and review us. Come on, everyone. We don't make you listen to ads. We don't bug you about a Patreon that we don't have. All we ask for you to do is spend two minutes to throw five stars our way and say, yeah, it's all right. But rate the last episode, not this one. <laughs> <laughs> so the next episode is The Enemy doesn't give me a lot which enemy do you think it is well i think the enemy is a hegemony of yemeni anemone named emily oh boy something something enema <laughs> that's, that's, but that's it needs an enema yeah <laughs> yes no more yeah. needs to be said that's all it is well, all right thanks gang thanks everybody cue that coco no no music coco no no coco no no coco no no coco no no